I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, and you're listening to The Catherine Zox Show. Joining me today is author, poet, publicist, and mom, Kim Dower. Her new book is I Wore This Dress Today for You, Mom. Acclaimed for combining the accessible and profound, Kim Dower's poems are about motherhood, are some of her most moving and disarmingly candid. Culled from her four collections, as well as a selection of new work, these poems, heartbreaking, funny, surprising, and touching, explore the quirky, unexpected observations and bittersweet moments mothers and daughters share. These evocative poems do not glorify mothers, but rather look under the hood of motherhood and explore the deep crevices and emotions of these impenetrable relationships, the love, the despair, joy, humor, and gratitude that fills our lives. Her poetry has been described by the Los Angeles Times as sensual and evocative, seamlessly combining humor and heartache, and by O Magazine as unexpected and sublime. Welcome to the show, Kim. Nice to have you on. Oh, Catherine, thank you so much. It's great to be here. Great topic, motherhood, Mother's Day is coming. And I'm just going to can pick up on that last sentence that I said, O Magazine, describing your work as unexpected and sublime. How did you earn that title? Where does that come from oh, <laughs> in terms you of know, your poetry? I, 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 I don't know. Look, who we don't know how... Uh, people read our work and what they see, but I know that one thing, um, I get into the feelings, but there's also a lot of humor in my poetry. So, um, you know, it gets dark, but then it gets funny. And I don't know how that happens. You know, I don't know how it becomes suddenly quirky or suddenly um, laugh out loud or cry. But a lot of the different emotions are combined in the poems. And I'm just grateful for that. I don't, I don't really plan it, Catherine. You know what I mean? So I think that when people read these poems, they do get surprised uh, by the different emotions that they feel themselves. So it's not contrived. It's not something when you're writing your poetry that you sit down and and think about, well, I want to express this emotion or I'm trying to get this across. It really comes just from that inner gut, should I say? It's just it just overwhelms you. Yeah, you know, I think that 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 you put it well. It overwhelms me. I think, you know, for any writer, um, especially for poets, often you get in that zone and you start writing. We call it like fever writing, uh, automatic writing. You don't think about what you're writing. You just let it flow, and from that flow comes some really interesting, extraordinary, surprising moments. Um, You don't sit down and plan to write a poem about how you feel. You sit down uh, where I do and just start writing about a situation or an event and let it take me wherever it's, it's going to take me. Uh, so sometimes it ends up being funny. Um, but I, you know, the first, the first act is getting those words down and then all the editing and the, the moving around and the changing and the deleting, that's the craft. It's like taking... Um, it's like taking clay and molding it and chipping away. Well, the topic, obviously you choose the topic, and this one is, is motherhood. I wore yes. this dress for you. Uh, no, I wore this dress today for you, Mom. Yes. So you're thinking yes. about, I'm going to write, you are a mother, 
and you have I a am mother, a mother so you, indeed yeah. yes you're on both sides of the fence <laughs> and I and, so, and uh, I also yeah. have beautiful memories very rich deep memories of my grandmother uh, and so there's you know as all of us who are daughters and mothers and grandmothers we there's a swirl of feelings and experiences and um this particular poem i wore this dress today for you mom did come from this this sad longing because my mother passed away about 10 years ago and since then i've written a lot about her which is interesting because i believe that so many of us who have lost our mothers we have different new relationships with them after they've gone because it's the thinking about them and the memories and the trying to understand tease out those difficult moments that create new relationships even when they're not there you know well, what that's I mean? an, i'm going to stop you there because i have a mother who is going to be 99 next week so oh, wow. she's alive but she's evolved and she's changed. And my relationship has dramatically changed as you're describing it. It's very yeah. different than it was when she was 50 or 60. Now she's 99. So even though she hasn't died, there are some extreme emotional changes uh, yeah. that she's experienced and that we experience together. So I, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, it's very powerful, very powerful when that most important relationship begins to evolve and change. And as you state, it does for all of us, you know, when we become middle-aged ourselves, if we're lucky enough to still have our mothers, we see them differently. And in my case, a lot of the things that annoyed me about my mother when she was alive and I was younger became sort of funny to me and interesting as I thought about her later. I thought, well, that's kind of cool that she was like that. But one of these things, you know, I'm sure we've all been there, all of us daughters who want to please our mothers. This is a, this is a big topic, isn't it? And there's regret if we feel we haven't pleased them. And one day, years after, I, I looked in my closet and I saw this dress and I thought, I'm going to wear this for her because she always wanted me to wear this dress and I never wore it. And as a poet, I, the minute I think of a line or think of some, I get a feeling, I sit down and start writing, if I can. In the line came to me, I wore this dress today for you, Mom. So, uh, And it's a poem about that, about wishing we had done certain things when they were alive. Uh, and um, I don't know a girl who hasn't felt that way about her mother at some point. I want to go back really to the specific of like, I, you're wearing this dress for, for mom today, but why wouldn't you wear the dress? You know, <laughs> that's always, <laughs> who knows? You know, it's like when our mothers, it starts young, right? You know, darling, you know, you would look so good in this. Why don't you wear this? And that's just can be so annoying. I mean, maybe there was something wrong with me as a daughter, but if she wanted me to wear something or would buy something for me that she thought would work for me, sometimes that would annoy me. And who knows why? You know, in those years when you're trying to separate yourself, when you don't want to see yourself as she is, 
And as you get older, you appreciate the similarities. You appreciate the things that she gave you in that relationship. You don't see them that clearly, you know, certainly not as a teenager, even in your 20s. Um, but who knows? You know, your poems have been described as, and they're not Hallmark cards type poems. So tell us, let's get into that, like the difference. Because most, many, I think, uh, poems, as well as stories, often are that. Or at least, and film and television usually portrays this kind of hallmark kind of uh, situation, relationship with the mother, and everything gets resolved at the end. Does does everything doesn't get resolved? No, at the- you know um, they say they say whoever the the poem gods say you know a poem is a way of working out understanding the inexplicable. We write poems to try to understand what we do not understand, and a lot of us read them to, to, to in some way see themselves and try to help understand what they don't understand. So as we've said, you know, relationship with one's mother, um, men too, but particularly women, that's a very complex relationship. So none of these poems sew anything up at the end. You know, the, the book goes from bouncing around from, you know, being a mother myself to having a mother. And my mother suffered dementia in the end. And so I was with her throughout these days. And these are some of the funnier poems, strangely, because I, I, it was the only way I could deal with it. You know, the only way I could deal with uh, her not remembering or her not knowing what was going on or was to write about it. So... Uh, none of the poems are in any way um, Hallmark cards, but rather just explorations of that moment that she was going through that I observed. Why are we so reluctant to add humor uh, and even, you know, off, I call it, uh, you know, humor that in, in like this, you know, talking about your relationship with your mother, I mean, I just, we as, uh, maybe just as daughters, but in other kinds of relationships too, we don't want to add that humor for some reason. Do, and you don't often see that when peop, when one is writing poetry about their mothers or about being a mother. Yeah, well, listen, I think that um, we write who, in a lot of ways who we are. I mean, Many of these poems are made up, too, because poems are not, as people believe, autobiographical. Of course, they come from moments we've experienced, um, possibly dreams. I have a lot of poems from dreams, but there's a lot that's made up just to craft the poem. And I, I think that um, I am or can be a funny person. I see things in a funny way. And so that's the way I deliver it on the page. Uh, so that's where the humor comes from. And I'm not, as you said before, I don't sit down to set out to do something to say, I'm going to write a sad poem, or this is going to be a poem about such and such. It starts with an idea, and then it takes you in a different direction. You know, I can give you an example of a very short five-line poem that basically... Um, it, it is not a tr- com- coming from a true place, 
but it's sort of funny and sort of weird. And um, I'm going to read it to you, okay? Go, go ahead. Yeah, great. It's, it's called She's Never Trusted Happiness. Maybe it was something her mother said one morning as the young girl dipped her donut into a glass of whole milk, powdered sugar still on her lips. Her mother tells her, don't get used to this. So, I mean, there's an example of not a Hallmark card. Um, Would you agree? Oh, I would agree, and I think that's very powerful. And as a former therapist, I have to say that that sentiment definitely gets played, has, in my experience with my clients, has gotten played out, and that's what I hear, not written eloquently as you just did, but yeah, don't get used to it. Yeah, not Don't being... get used to it. And here's the thing, Catherine, and this really is the mystery of poetry and why I love it, truly love it. I don't know where that poem came from because my mother, first of all, we didn't have powdered, you know, we didn't have donuts with powdered sugar dipping in whole milk. My mother would never say, don't get used to this. So this is from some other place, but I think it is... Uh, in a poem, it's not the specifics that need to ring true for the writer or the reader. It's the feeling that it provokes and conveys. Yeah. And the idea that good times don't last, maybe that mothers want to protect their daughters from thinking it's always going to be good, or daughters having expectations. I think in this little poem, I think these things are, are conveyed. Uh, maybe mothers need to add another piece. You can start with that and then write the because, as you just sort of added to it. You know, things yeah. aren't always great. They're not always going to be good. And so, or there's, you know, more to say about that. I want, you know, when you're talking about your mother, and then you mentioned just earlier in the interview, grandmother. Did you, yes. were you able to see the connection between your mother and her mother, your grandmother? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, my mother adored her mother, um, and we were very close. We were lucky enough. I grew up in New York City, and we were very lucky enough to all live in the same building, which, of course, you know, that never happens anymore. But um, And so Nana, I called her, she really, you know, took care of me a lot, and she was right upstairs. And she, interestingly, you know, she annoyed my mother. I could see as a little girl that some of the things she did annoyed my mother. I, of course, adored her because that's the joy of having a grandparent. You can just adore them and they adore you, and it's a different relationship. But um, there were a lot of similarities, and I feel in a lot of ways more like my Nana than my mother, but I see I see the generations and I see what we picked up along the way and what we got rid of. Well, you have a son, and I do. Uh, yeah. So what you know? What would you say was the most difficult? I don't know if you can answer this, but like most difficult issues that you had to deal with as the mother of a son, or just I think you know. Yeah. 
Is it, and I'm sure you've heard a lot about this as a therapist, too. I think that separation and attachment uh, can be, this, the, you know, very difficult. And for me, I had a mother who was very, very, very attached to me. Mm-hmm. And um, I had a lot of anxiety when I was young around that attachment because separation was scary. So I was very well aware of that. And with my son, I tried very hard not to be that hovering kind of a mother and tried to just let him do his thing and not get anxious if I felt separated from him. I mean, it was that that was carried down. And because of my own really good therapy throughout the years, uh, I was able to hopefully, you know, release him and let him become his own person. But that was the hardest for me to uh, just let go of being a mother all the time. If I asked him the same question, do you think he would give me the same answer? (laughs) (laughs) You know, that's a really good question. I'm going to give you his phone number and let me know what he says. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know. You know, he's married and um, he certainly has his own life. He lives, I'm so grateful, still in the same city as I do. Um, but um, I would, I would, I don't know what he would say. You know, I think, you know, he's a young man in his early 30s, and I think that at that stage, like when I was in my early 30s, I wasn't too sure what I would say about that if you asked me then. Yeah. 30s is he's still young but separation individuation as we call it in therapy is is yeah. yeah is critical and it comes at different times hopefully sooner than later but um right yeah and if it doesn't come then you can work on it in therapy what would you say to young mothers today i see them very hassled very overwhelmed trying to do i mean everybody knows this doing too many things and sometimes not really enjoying their children uh, because they're so engaged or they feel like they're engaged in all these other maybe more important activities. Um, what would you have? I mean, of course, your poetry has a lot to say to them, but let's talk about it on the now on the show. You know, there's so much to say. Everything you just said is is absolutely true, and it's sort of heartbreaking in a way because uh you do lose a lot of the joy uh i saw it i mean i was a young mother many years ago but even then uh you know 30 years ago it was all about you know the preschool you go to the after school activities are they doing this are they doing that and i remarkably cut away from that and there were a lot of women in my neighborhood at that time who i could not compete with the programs that they arrange for their children, nor did I want to. And um, it's even worse today. And I would say just, I mean, look, easier said than done because you're, in, you're, you're feeling so competitive with everyone. And young women are so overwhelmed, as we all are today. But those moments, here comes the cliche, those moments go by in a flash. And just watching your baby play on the floor with, you know, some blocks is, it could just fill you with so much joy. And 
I would say keep that those moments as long as you can and enjoy them because nothing else truly matters. I mean, the preschool they go to, the this, the that, all of that, I look at it now and I think I worried about a lot of things for nothing. I think the key word you just said it is joy. I mean, wake up in the morning and be joyous with your yes. with your kids and and whatever they're doing, but don't worry you know, about also, the preschool. They pick up yeah. the anxiety. They pick up on the anxiety. And when a mother, particularly a mother, is anxious, and she, you know, I think that I had that with my mother, a lot of her anxiety, and maybe that's where the donut poem comes from, because there was this heartbeat of anxiety. You know, my mother grew up during the Depression, and there it was always anxious, and you never knew if it was going to be like that. You could have roast chicken for dinner, and then the next week there was nothing for dinner, and I think that this is uh, overwhelming, and it's, it's, it's also a constant anxiety for mothers, no matter what generation, no matter where. Um, are we giving enough? Are we doing enough? Do they have enough? And the children pick that up. One of the complaints is, is and which is what we've been talking about, is that mothers will say they have so much to do and activities and Kids have to have a resume, and you can go on and on. But then COVID happened, and they could stay home with their kids. And I'm not talking about people who are really struggling in vulnerable populations, but let's just talk about the, if there is, an average middle-class family. When mothers and fathers, but mothers had an opportunity to be home with their kids, maybe the expectations for work were different, not the same, you didn't, couldn't bring them to activities, and yet people, or the, the talk, I guess, is what I hear, oh, terrible being home with the kids, and they, I was there all the time, and there was no joy in that. That's really sad. That's very, very sad. I heard that, too, but I heard some opposite things, thank goodness, you know, that we, for the first time, you hear this, which is tragic, too, for the first time, we we could do this together, we could do that together. Everyone was watching baking shows. That became this big mother-child situation where they were watching baking shows and they were baking together and we could do this and we could do that. I think, again, like so many things, Catherine, when you can let go, you know, take that deep breath, exhale, say, this is what I'm going to give myself to. I'm going to give myself to this state of motherhood, of embracing it, of noticing every moment. You know, poetry is about taking a moment and expanding it stretching it out, getting inside it. And the moments are what matter in a poem. And I think that that motherhood is very much like a poem. You know, just one little hug, one little kiss. These are the moments that we cherish and that we remember later. Not not the moment of how they did wrote their, their essay or... But the COVID situation that brought a lot of families together, it is sad that for so many people, it was more stressful to have their children home. But then again, a lot, a lot of us had to leave offices and go work at home. And then we had these two situations, you know, dealing with work and all the stresses and having our children there. And I think that that's, that must have been tough for a lot of people. The challenge being able, uh, one of the good things, just culling out what's important and what's not. And you did have an opportunity yes. to do 
that, which was a good thing. You don't have that much time left, but I know because you're mentioning poetry, obviously, and the importance and what it is for you in your life. But as I understand it, you stopped writing poetry for 20 years. Why? I did. So, you know, for your listeners, and I think this is really important, that if you have a first love, if there's something you do when you're young and life takes you away from that because you can't do it for a while, don't worry because if it was real, it will come back. And uh, I was a very serious poet in college. I taught Introduction to Creative Writing at Emerson after I graduated. Uh, but I left the East Coast. I moved to Los Angeles. And basically I started a new life of doing new things. I started a business. Then I got married. We had a baby. And um, I would write on little pieces of paper and I would have ideas. But I was very moved into these million other directions, although I always felt like something was tugging at me that was important that I was neglecting. And then full circle to motherhood when my son left for college and the energy shifted and no more worrying about him, making sandwiches every day, being a mother as we all know, when that evaporated, the poems started coming back like crazy, like one a day, two a day, in the middle of the night. And I wrote, you know, four collections of poetry in 10 years. Um, and it's, it will never go away again, but it did go away for a while. Well, fortunately, it came back. Fortunately yeah. for us, it came back. We have a couple minutes left, so we want to make sure that people do read your poetry, know where to access it, and to obviously read the book, I Wore the Dress Today for You, Mom, and we're talking to Kim Dower. So, Kim, so website and or websites we can go to for more information about the book, about you. Okay, thank you. Very easy. Just www.kimdowerpoetry.com. And you'll see my books, my new book, and I have a lot of appearances coming up, which I'm very excited about. I love to do poetry readings. They're fun. And so I'll be, you know, all over the place in Los Angeles, the Bay Area, um, Phoenix, New York. And, um, yeah, so I do hope this is, I will say, a beautiful gift for Mother's Day. Um, my publisher, Red Hen Press, did a beautiful job on the cover. It's a hardcover book, and the little girl is wearing a little silver dress, and it comes from a photo that my father took of me when I was three years old, which is kind of amazing. Um, so it's a nice package, and um, I think it'll bring people our keyword today, Catherine, which is joy. I think the book will bring a lot of joy. I think so, too, and I do love the cover and a great gift for Mother's Day. You're so right. Thanks so much for being on the show. Kim Dower, um, great to have you. Thank you, Catherine. It's been so fun talking to you. I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, and you've been listening to The Catherine Zox Show. 